Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Welcome to another episode of the show. It's Rich and Mark here. We've got another Q&A for you today. Thank you for sending in your questions. Keep them coming. If you need plenty, info at richard-clark.co.uk. Send your questions for us. Howdy doody, Mark. How are you down there, Paul? I'm good, good. Yourself? Yeah, all good, mate. Busy day, busy day, you know. It's uh, life in the fast lane and all that. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Uh, it's, always, it's always busy for me. Yeah, not too bad. I've mean, just been doing a few. Um, I mean, I've I, I done a normal day job, but I've been doing a few um, reports on uh, people uh, who've had uh, biomarkers done with us and some nutritional advice for them. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good stuff. Yeah, I had some stuff. I had an email off Robbie. I had his results the other day for his testosterone and stuff. We're looking at that. And, uh, yeah, it's good. I'm kind of recognising the reports and the figures a little bit now, not much, but I'm starting to uh, get a bit more familiar. So, the health trial stuff, that's uh, going all right. Um, so, yeah, update, update wait, wait. On, on that, tell everybody, uh, we, we started a health trial uh, in Christmas or the New Year with a, um, a, a kind of group of, of people who were basically... Well, go on, Mark. You can explain the blood side of it far better than me. Yeah, basically a bunch of people who uh, wanted to improve their health, and we felt that uh, if we could do their blood tests first and see, uh, show whether uh, you know how sensitive they were to sort of things like insulin, and whether they were pre-diabetic, whether their blood pressure was high, whether their cholesterol, you know, their lipids, blood lipids were okay, and then we could alter it with nutrition and with rich drink, giving them some exercise advice, and we'd see if we'd improve their health status over three months. So. I mean, we've done the first test, which is uh, hopefully um, getting them working out and uh, following yeah, nutritional advice. That's why I was quite saying really, that it's going well. It's going well from my perspective. Obviously, we haven't done the retest yet, but like, no. like everybody is losing, and uh, people like obviously Rob's not trying to lose, but Rob is shaping up nicely. Uh, yeah, he's got obviously a different set of goals uh, to everybody else, but yeah, it's all going really well. Uh, Excellent. So well, maybe we'll have to tell people how we've done after after we've had the retest, and we'll go from there, isn't it? Well, that was one of the questions I actually had sent in to me. Was, was somebody was say, asking me what are the results being like on the health trial, Rich, and what this? So just to update people, really, we haven't finished it yet. It's probably going to be a good four or five months, yeah. maybe May or something like that, perhaps now. Um, I mean, I, I could update you on the one person who got thrown out the trial. I mean, it's uh, he won't mind me saying, but. Um, he, he came, tried to come in on the trial, and unfortunately, of all chances, he happened to be a patient of mine. So, of course, he couldn't, he couldn't come in on the trial, but um, he came to see me, and um, he was overweight, and he was 21 stone, 36-year-old, 
And uh, I, I said to him, well, well, we'll do the, the biomarker. Now, I, I did what we could on the NHS, which wasn't as, quite as thorough as what we do uh, in Revolutionary Health. But we yeah. did what we could. And he didn't know, but when, he, when the blood test came back, he was diabetic. Wow. So he was diabetic, and I, I gave him the nutritional advice. He didn't, he didn't have any, um, any training. He did some simple exercise. We didn't have any real training. We just gave him nutritional advice, and, and we gave him uh, weekly diet plans of what he should eat. And uh, he had a, what's called a HbA1c, which showed he was diabetic at 51. Yeah. And then when we uh, retested him three months later, he was not, not only was he not diabetic, he wasn't pre-diabetic, he was absolutely normal. So this stuff definitely works. Oh, he, he, he was so pleased. And his, 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 his blood lipids have come back to normal, his fatty liver's come back to normal. So, so yeah, he was, he was very impressed. I mean, I, I used him in my talk on, uh, on, on Saturday, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's very heartening to know that what we actually talk about isn't just rubbish, it does work. Quite, and, and when you say curing diabetes. Well, I, I think that's a, a bit hard. Perhaps not curing. No, but, well, uh, I, I think, uh, no, I, I think... But we reversed it, okay? We reversed it. it. If, he goes, if he goes back to his old ways of eating, he'll become diabetic again, but he's yeah. absolutely committed to not not go back to his old ways. Yeah, I, I, like, you know, it doesn't matter what word you use, the fact yeah. that you reversed it, cured it, whatever, like, sort of terminology you want to use, the fact that you can do that with diabetes, a lot of people are not aware that that is possible, so it's fantastic that he's mentioned that. They need to tell their friends and families, this is for type 2 diabetics, people. Absolutely, you can't, you can't reverse that. inject in insulin, that's they've done, like that's their, they, they, they can't get them to work. That's, 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 actually, Rich, that's not quite true. If you're type 2 diabetic, a lot of type 2 diabetics go on to insulin because they're not controlled. I've recently had a, another patient who, three weeks after going on the diet, she was a type 2 diabetic on insulin, she stopped her insulin. Right. So she not only she's type two, she's not type one. Let's not let's not get confused. Here. Type one is the childhood insulin, childhood diabetes, where you've gone insulin and your, your pancreas fails and you can't reverse that. So don't get anyone get excited about the fact that you might be able to do type one diabetes because you can't. But type two diabetes, even if you're on insulin, you can can possibly get them off insulin. I, mean, I didn't I didn't realize I I were, I thought that a type two diabetic became a type one diabetic when no, 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 what they get is insulin resistance, so you have to give them more insulin. But if you actually improve their insulin sensitivity, they need less insulin, in which case they can come off their insulin. Oh, okay, I've only got one patient I've tried on, but she came off within a week. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. And I'm, I'm learning something there myself. I didn't realize there was a different, another type of diabetic. Yeah, so. it, yeah. Great, great. So uh, spread it, guys. As they used to say in school, when... They was winding each other up. Spread it. <laughs> okay, right, here we go. Next, um... Oh, no, I wanted to ask you, Mark. What about... I've seen in the paper, they cut the budget for the GPs by, like, yeah, 5 yeah. or 6% again, is it? Well, the, the problem is that they're trying to get stuff out of hospitals and put it onto GPs, but they're actually cutting the amount of money they're spending on general practice. It's not the GPs. Everyone always gets this thing, oh, it's the GPs. It's actually the nurses, the ancillary staff, all the whole thing they're cutting the budget. So basically, there were something, I think it was something like two and a half um, GPs out of every ten, two and a half GPs for every ten people there were uh, other doctors, and now it's one and a half. So the, the number of general practitioners is, is going down in comparison to um, other other members of staff in, in, in the NHS. The other, the, the big problem is, especially in South Wales and, and in the rest of the country, it's very difficult to recruit GPs because GPs 
it, people don't want to go into Derbyshire because it's becoming harder with less resource. They would. They were all. Yeah, go on. It's still, it's still a pleasure, mind you. I have to say, it's still a pleasure being GP. They were discussing this on Radio Wales the other morning, and they were saying exactly what you just said. It's difficult to keep people in Wales, and they are considering putting some caveats in place which would perhaps encourage people to stay in Wales if they qualify in Wales for at least a certain period of time. Yeah, they they're, they're making their, they're paying their, they might be paying their fees through college to stay in Wales. But you, you really you really want the best people. You don't just want the people who are from Wales to stay in Wales. You want them to have a... I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm from Swansea, and I, I went to Newcastle, Liverpool, I trained in Southampton, and it gives you a more a rounded sort of feeling. If you just stay in Wales the whole time, maybe you won't get so rounded in... Oh, totally. Yeah. totally. So I, I'm not sure it's the way to but something needs to be done to keep people in Wales, because it is an area of high deprivation compared with the rest of Britain. And it is it is harder work to be a GP in Wales than it is in say Surrey. Harder work, less rewarding. Um, it's just it's, you know it's no wonder that people come and pretty much use us to get their qualifications and then yeah. piss off back to their own country. Uh, yes, yeah. okay. I, I saw today. I saw. I mean, if you works in Surrey, you see like eight to ten people in an afternoon. I saw, I think it was twenty-seven this afternoon. And by the end of the afternoon, your, your brain is frazzled. You know, you can't give a good service when you're, 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 people are at you constantly. 27 people in, in yeah. sort of four hours. It's, it's, it's hard work. I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but when people are, you have to sort of sort out the wheat from the chaff and people, you know, they, they depend on you, it can be quite difficult. But well, anyway, yeah. I, I still enjoy it, though, so yeah. I, I'm not dominating. The point is, under that, you know, it's, under that environment, that's where you, you can miss something, Mark. And, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Every GP will miss something at some point. I mean, if you ask, a, a man on, on the shop floor to press a red button on, on one minute and a green button next minute, 10% of the time they get it wrong. And that's the same for the world over. There's always a yeah. human error. And whatever you do, so people don't seem to understand that you know, being, a, being a doctor, you're going to make errors. I mean, you simply are. And that, you know, it's, it's just human error. I mean, you cannot, you cannot um, allow for that, but it's just the way of the world, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. They did a, they did a study on um, people's perception of treatment success and, and their perception of the doctor, it goes up the longer they spend. Basically, the longer the contact time is, Absolutely. the longer the consultation, yeah, yes. it, it went up with the, the happier people were with, with their, their results and their operations and whatnot. So, but, uh, there we go. Um, so, it's all very interesting, but I'd like to talk to you about it because, you know, it, the, I, I remember when I was younger, it was interesting for me to just find out that, you know, GP practice needs to make the profit and make there's a business and uh, yeah, right. we have yeah. a contract with the NHS. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're not, I, I mean, we, we don't get paid for the amount of people we see, we get paid for um, the people on your list and also what you do for them. So it is, it is a strange way, it's not like a, a consultant who gets paid whether he sees 10 patients or 200 patients, we get paid for what we actually do, whether, how many people we see with heart disease and how many people we do their blood pressure on, all sorts of stuff. It's a very complicated way of getting paid, but we also have to pay for all our staff. So when you hear these headline figures that GPs making lots of money, they actually give you the gross pay before you pay your nurses, your staff, your building and everything. So it's all very, um, it's all very uh, sort of biased. And it all, and it, 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 it's always an easy target, of course. It, nurses are a very difficult target because everyone loves the nurses, but the GP is always a very easy target. But unfortunately, we have to pay the nurses. Yeah, yeah. Just on this uh, note now, just to keep people in the loop, uh, 
obviously we will start the questions soon, soon guys. John just told me, um, dentist, basically in the next couple of years they're, they're introducing a system which he doesn't know whether he's going to actually kind of sign up to because he's thinking about kind of leaving the NHS altogether because he's not willing to do the dentistry at that standard. But basically they're going to have a traffic light system, green, amber and red. If you're green, you get, uh, every two years you get a checkup, so that means you're in the healthy category. If you're amber, you get uh, treatment and um, like to a certain kind of level, uh, what, what, not whatever you need, but to a certain level. And if you're in the red, it won't give you any patchwork. They'll only do extractions or painkillers. So that, if you've if you're, uh, got bad teeth, you get worse treatment. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, basically they're not willing to put fillings and patch up bad mouths if the people are not addressing the, the lifestyle and all the... So it links into the similar stuff with the operations. They're starting to do the same with operations where they're, they're telling people that basically there's no point giving you an operation or doing your teeth because it'll be back to the same state within 6, 12, 18, 24 months. So it's a total waste of money. So you can see the point, but it's very harsh. And like John said to me, he's probably, you know, he's, he's not far off finishing kind of similar to yourself. And... Uh, he, he probably said he won't, won't go for that, really, because it's a, a step in the wrong direction as far as he's concerned. But there we go. Uh, a little bit of political stuff there, guys, to uh, keep you in the loop. And that's, that's, some, that's some of the motivation why, why we're doing this at the end of the day. That's why I, I feel so passionately about uh, some of this stuff. And I'm desperate, if anybody out there listening, knows anybody in the food industry who can come and speak to us about anything from inside a, a factory or anything like that, some, some good sort of information about maybe additives, preservatives, or the, the processing, which goes on. I'd like to speak to them, so get in touch. So, to it, without further ado, I have a question here from a lady I used to work with, Penny. Um, she said it's two questions, but I'm not sure if it's two questions. Hello, I can't eat dairy products due to lactose. Or bananas, coffee, tea, or chocolate products. The latter I can do without, but for dairy, most alternative products available are quite high in fat, and it's making my weight loss very difficult. I follow a slim world plan and cook lots of food from scratch. My weight loss is stuck. Um, I'm world champion swimmer. I have another title uh, in seven weeks. I go to the gym two or three times a week, an hour at a time, swim three times a week. I'm trying not to stress about it, but it's really frustrating. I have osteoarthritis in my neck, lower back, hands and big toe. Although this is not a problem with the training program because it's custom made. Um, help, please. Uh, I weigh a stone more than I'd like. Do you want me to start? Yeah, do, I can go. I'll take the lead on this one. Okay, uh, if if she came to me and uh, this, this, this was the situation, I'd probably look at her diet because I I I shouldn't imagine it's it's the uh, 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 fat that's that's putting the, the weight on her. We'd probably have to have a look at her her carbohydrate intake. I did actually email back and forth with it a couple of times on this and, and it was a lot of uh, bread and, and pasta and, and stuff which she thought she needed for the training 
Um, so I, I'd say to only have carbs post-training, um, one, one to three ounces, depending on appetite, I would say, yeah, that, that's it. And, and with the, 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 the lack of, of dairy products, a lot of people think you have to have dairy products for calcium. Now, you will get a lot of calcium from uh, green vegetables as well. Uh, it doesn't absorb as well, but you do get a lot of calcium from green vegetables. So, whether she's eating these foods to supplement the dairy and bringing the fat in, thinking that she has to have the calcium, so she has to have those products for the fat, then she is mistaken and you can get calcium, um, you, you, you know, from other sources apart from dairy. So, just um, preparing to, to be aware of that. Um, she's obviously got osteoarthritis, so she, she's concerned about the, the, the calcium level there. So, yeah, that's all I'd say. Carbs and greens. Uh, yeah, that's it. What, about, what would you add to that, Mark? Well, the best, the, the best food source for um, calcium, because uh, the problem with dairy is it, it, you actually, it's a very acidic food, and you don't actually absorb the calcium as well as you think you do. Right. A good, a good source of uh, calcium is something called portobello mushrooms. That's a very good source of calcium. Wow. Uh, also, if you haven't got enough vitamin D, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're not so I would, I would absorb sure the calcium, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. I, would, I would make sure our vitamin D, I would certainly take a vitamin D supplement. Um, I wouldn't worry about the fat at all. I would, I would also, um, there's quite a few, if you have cheese, even though you haven't got any lactase, if you're lactate deficient, there's some cheeses you'll be able to eat. So I, I'd fiddle about with some cheese and see if you can absorb them, because quite a few cheeses you can actually eat without lactase, because it's basically milk is the basic, is the main problem. And if you have cheese, quite a few cheeses you can actually eat. Yeah, good. So, uh, yeah, that's all. And, um... and I, I agree with the carbs. I agree totally about the carbs. I expect if she's not losing weight, it's probably that she's eating too much, too, too much of the carbs. Yeah. And the other thing is, if she if she gets off the off the um, the bread and the the gluten, she might improve her uh, her lactose problem. Uh, yeah, of course. That she won't have so much leaky gut then, will she? So I, I, w- I would get off the uh, the the, uh, the gluten especially, and I would also get off fructose if she can. We uh, we covered a lot of good stuff in the microbiologist podcast with the, the gut. Uh, that was good. We spoke about leaky gut, and that, that's great. So good. Sure. Okay, so that's uh, for you uh, there, uh, Penny. So uh, let's know how we get on. Next question from Rebecca. I just wanted to get in touch with a question for your show. I've been suffering from attacks. Oh, it's a great question. I've been suffering from attacks of vertigo since the 19th of December, which my GP is currently investigating. I have been given a preliminary diagnosis of viral labyrinthitis. Labyrinth- Labyrinthitis. thank you, Mark. But have been referred to an EMT consultant for confirmation. My problem is I feel really unfit as I haven't exercised since I started getting uh, them from the GP and notice that my heart rate has increased due to this. I work, oh no, I, I would usually attend aerobics classes when I was healthy, but I'm not sure I should do this currently. Is there a safe form of exercise that is less likely to trigger a vertigo attack, but would still help my fitness? Also, how can I safely build up my fitness again after I have totally recovered? Many thanks, Rebecca. Mark? 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to go on the Labyrinth side, this one. <laughs> no, I asked Lewis where to go. I've got uh, a couple of clients who got it, so I, I don't know about the stuff that was specifically in the Labyrinth side. Our, our Labyrinth side is an illness that tends to last about three weeks. The first attack, the first time you get it, is the worst attack. So the first day tends to be the worst, and then it slowly gets better over about three weeks. You can get repeated attacks but they tend to be much less. Now, this lady appears to be having attacks constantly. So I, I, I would doubt the diagnosis of viral labyrinthitis. It sounds much more likely to be uh, what's called BPPV, which is benign paroxysmal uh, postural vertigo. Now, she should look up BPPV on the internet because there is a test you can do for it. Uh, and there's also a treatment you can do for it yourself. So if she looks up BPPV, she could... Um, uh, look up, look up, and try. If you could try yourself to do the test, which is called a whole pipe test, and the manoeuvre to get rid of it is called an epilay. So it's worth doing, even if she's got something else. It's worth trying this this out on herself. And, she, and it, there's YouTube videos on how to to do this. And if she, if it is BPPV, she can cure herself. Now, if it's not BPPV and it's not labyrinthitis, there's lots of other things that can cause um, vertigo. Um, that's 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 for her to to investigate with the ENT consultant. If it's true vertigo, it's not it's not actually going to cause her any problem that she should stop exercising, apart from if she's doing aerobics, obviously she can move her head around, which will make the um, the vertigo worse. I mean, doing weights, etc., which you're much more you're much more knowledgeable than I'm about, you don't move your head so much, so she probably could do that as a safe form of exercise, or even a sort of stationary thing, but like on uh, on on a where she doesn't move her head around, like on a on a um, on a rower or on a bike might be better than aerobics classes where you tend to be moving your head around a lot. But uh, you, you tell me what exercises you don't move your head around a lot, and that's the one that she should do. Yeah, you've got it. It's pretty much uh, bike, cross trainer, if she can cope it. But basically, it's trial and error, and it depends on the day. So yeah. what these uh, clients are on my mind is different days it's worse, or it's, it's a little bit better than others. And uh, some days they, they, they can't do a lot, and other days they can't body weight things on the spot, you know, like squats and, and shoulder press and chest press, seated rows, lat pull-downs. As you said, cycling is, is fantastic. It's probably the best cardiovascular option. But basically, you've got to suck it and see, and you've got to try things at a very slow and a very gentle level. But... Things like bloody Zumba and aerobics are definitely not the way. So she's perfectly, <laughs> perfectly correct on, yeah. on that. So don't go jumping around. Don't go doing, you know, boot camp or, or, or circuit training or anything. We've got to uh, jump around and do anything to uh, impact the type thing. Um, and as you say, hopefully it'll, it'll pass. And, and when you, uh, as the lady says, have uh, recovered, um, you want to, after you've totally recovered, you want to build up your fitness. You can probably go back to your, you know, go back to your aerobics and all the rest of it and stuff. Then it's um, it's fine. It's, it's, it work out on the on the blog there I've got as well. And there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. But don't complicate it. Once you've recovered, you go back to uh, what you were doing before, uh, and you'll be fine. Uh, make sure you've got company with you as well when you're doing the sessions, in case you fall and hurt yourself or whatever. Don't be going off and, and doing stuff on your own. All right. That's uh, the advice I give. Anything to add there, Mark? No, I think that's Next question. My, uh, from Rob. Hi, Rich, uh, Mark. My sister-in-law 
37 years old, has been diagnosed with... Psoriatic. Thank you. Arthritis. Psoriatic <laughs> so, arthritis. It means psoriasis arthritis. Okay, I, 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 I got a question with it. Uh, she developed this during two pregnancies with her second child, leaving her with joint and tendon pain in hands, hips, knees, but thankfully not in her back or neck. She has now started a course of, of Mark? Methotrexate. Methotrexate, and will be assessed after 12 weeks to establish a continuing dosage, potentially lifelong. Family history, and uh, oh yeah, once they've assessed family history and other forms of arthritis. I write to you as having read the literature that the drug is having to act to suppress her own immune system, fighting her own body, plus that she will have to be teetotal while taking the drug as the drug is so toxic it stresses the liver. Both of these things, with the immune system and the liver, I appreciate you are, you are experts within, which uh, we're probably not experts within actually, but um, we probably know a little bit more than, than, than the general population, uh, Mark, a lot more. And advice, for, uh, any advice for her moving forward, specifically towards diet adjustments or detox, for example. So we've got the medication for the immune system. What, what do you know about this, Mark? Yeah, okay. We, we deal with a lot of patients who are on methotrexate. Methotrexate is a, a cytotoxic drug. It was originally a chemotherapy drug. It was used in treatment of cancer. It, it basically suppresses your own body. I mean, Bob is right. It suppresses your own body attacking itself. Now, unfortunately, the side effects of it are that it, uh, it can affect the liver. It can affect uh, the, the, anything that's uh, multiplying quickly. So, obviously, you've got your blood cells. You've got your, your gut. It can affect all of it. It's pretty, a pretty toxic drug, but it is a very, it is a very effective drug. And psoriatic arthritis is, is as, as bad as uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It's quite a nasty illness. So... Things to, to do while you're on this drug, I mean, he's right, your, your liver is something you've got to um, keep under control. Now, you don't want to stress the liver, and of course, things that stress the liver, alcohol is, is number one. Um, things like paracetamol and painkillers also stress the liver. Fructose is another one. I always go back on about fructose, but fructose is alcohol without the, the good bits. So keep off fructose as much as possible, and that would that would help you. That's, that's fruit for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's fruit, fruit juice, and anything with high fructose corn syrup. And I, high fructose corn syrup is ubiquitous; it's in virtually yeah. everything we we eat. So you have to be careful of any processed food, you know, any sort of things like Coke, you know, any, any of the fruit juices, any um, even in bread. Yeah, like biscuits. Yeah, I think all that, all, anything they want to make sweet, anything that's got any sweetness in it, high fructose corn syrup in there. And the liver has to, it, it has to be denatured by the liver. So you really want to try and stay away from that if you're trying to protect your liver. So I, I, I would, that's the sort of detox I would do. Is I would also, I would, I mean, I, I stand and say, take, tell people to take their food because that's an inflammatory drug and that's going to make your arthritis worse. So it's not an inflammatory, inflammatory food, I mean. So I, I would stay off the gluten. I would stay off the fructose. Um, stay up most processed foods uh, and see how she goes. So, we spoke last episode, I think, about an autoimmune uh, problem. Protocol, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a similar thing to that then, basically. It's like, it's like an anti-inflammatory type uh, approach with... Yeah. Um, the stay off the legumes, stay off the dairy if you can. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult. So you, you, you have to take off the worst things first. The worst things here would be gluten, fructose, 
Um, and then it would be things like legumes, dairy, uh, and the nightshades. But sometimes you can't do them all at once. But if she, if she is, uh, it, it depends what sort of person you are. Some people could just say, right, I'll stop all those things and I'll see how I go for a month. But sometimes you have to do one at a time and see how you go. So, there we are, liver, detox, immune system, uh, diet. Okay. Last question for the day then. Um, about knees, I got a chart, um, high rich, high mark. I suffer terribly with my knees. I have done uh, for a long time. I used to play rugby. I'm now in my 50s. I used to play professionally. I am probably due a knee up, but want to put this off as long as possible. I enjoy exercise and feel the benefits from it. Plus, I've been told that it's good for me pre-op. Any advice? That's one for you, Rich, I think, because you're the rehab man, so... Okay, um... Basically, with this, it's... Again, suck it and see. You've got to do a bit of trial and error. You've got to do a bit of dose response. You've got to try a few things, see what happens. So... The good things to work on with, with somebody like this would be all the posterior chain, so hamstrings, glutes, lower back. I do probably things like straight leg deadlift, uh, possibly a box squat with an elevated box, so it's not a full bend of the knee. It's sort of probably a, a, a partial squat. You get some, some weight bearing through there. Deadlift, I said, said straight leg deadlift. We do, again, depending on the ability of the knees to flex, then we do weighted walking with dumbbells. So just heavy dumbbells, as you can take, and just walking along the flat. As long as all this is pain-free. Um, and then possibly you can progress that to walking with those dumbbells a small step again all this needs to be tested I obviously put in a, a, a lot of upper body stuff boxing and, and, and things to, to be able to have a, a good workout obviously that's going to be more for your cardiovascular uh, arm ergometer and a good arm bike workout will, will give you a really good boost uh, if you enjoy the training and you want to have a, a, you know, a nice kind of uh, lift but I would Depending where the knees are at, this is this is the reality of the situation. And Mark can come in on this. You're not going to make your knees any worse. So this is a, this is it, right? Do the squats. See what happens. If it debilitates you for more than two or three days, you probably not, don't want to do that. But if it leaves you just with soreness for a couple of days, and that soreness is similar to what you have on a daily basis, and it hasn't really crank it up to another level, then you've got to train. You can just keep training. So it, it, a lot of it depends on your pain and your management of the pain and how you respond to any given set of exercises. So does that make sense? Yeah, that makes absolute sense. The other, the other thing I would say, I get patients and all the time who say, I've got osteoarthritis, I can't exercise. So the biggest, the biggest evidence for osteoarthritis is exercise. Exercise is the best treatment for osteoarthritis. It's not rest. People always think, oh, I've got to rest because I've got arthritis. No, it's exercise. Even if it's just walking the dog, do something. Keep moving. Yeah. If, you, if you stop moving, you lose the muscles. 
and you, you certainly get then in real trouble, especially if you then go on to have a hip replacement or a knee replacement. If you haven't got the muscles there, you're not going to get them back very easily. So keep, keep, keep moving is the most important thing in osteoarthritis. Yeah, and, and on that note, uh, we went in for an operation or something. They're refusing people operations now because they're not fit enough. Yeah, so they're too overweight or their hearts and their cardiovascular system yeah, can't yeah. take the anaesthetic and whatnot. So, guys, you know, this stuff is vital to have a, just a basic level of health and be able to go out and walk for half an hour to 40 minutes. Not at any risk pace, but just to be able to go out and do have a bit of ground. But um, anyway, so... The other thing I would say before you finish is yeah. if you are struggling even with walking, swimming is always a good way of doing it because you, you're not having to wait there. So swimming is always good. You know what? I never think of swimming and you're right. It's a fantastic uh, way to, to do it, isn't it? And you, isn't there things now you can actually, it's called an aqua jogger, you can jog. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there is the hydropool. I mean, if you can go to your GP and say, can I be referred to the hydropool? Because the hydropool is physiotherapy in, in a pool and that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And patients love it. They absolutely love it. So it's worth going and finding out about that if you've got osteoarthritis. It's well worth doing. Yeah, there we go. Fantastic. It's the only reason you don't think about swimming, Rich, is because you haven't got one in your gym. You haven't got a pool. Yeah, and I, I, I don't like swimming, really. I'm not a swimmer sort of thing, you know. Uh, I, I used to be a lifeguard and all, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm not so good with a swimmer. So no, I'm not either, sir. <laughs> my natural forte. Uh, so, yeah, great. So hopefully some great advice there for you guys again. We're, we're trying to pack these shows in and, and trying to be as authentic and honest and, and give you as much as we possibly can here. So hopefully uh, in return for that, we ask you to give us a bit of support. Click the, the buttons below the podcast that say share and like and tweet and all that sort of stuff. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think of the show. Drop us a question at the same time. And, um, of course, um, I keep banging on, but please leave a review and, and please rate us on iTunes and uh, on the blog. So that stuff really uh, makes a, a huge difference to the, to the whole process here and helps us on. So, if you haven't told anybody about the show yet, just tell one person. It would really make a big difference for us. Thank you very much. Um, I haven't got anything else there now for today. Have you got anything, Mark? Yeah, just just if they want to, if they want to get in touch about uh, any testing or any, any nutritional advice or anything like that, they can come onto our, our website info at revolutionaryhealth.co.uk and just just ask any questions as well because that that that's how we all get along. Yeah, that's right. That's that's all we have to do is, is kind of uh, provide a, a bit of a service here and, and to help uh, clear up some of the confusion that, that is out there. So, uh, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Mark. I will, yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. I'll catch up with everybody else soon as well. Bye, everybody. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.